A new episode. This is episode eight, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we are your hosts. I'm Yay. Sarah. I'm Kristen, and I'm Jennifer. Hello, everybody. Thank Hello. you for coming back, and thanks for recording. Yay! Yay. I can't believe we're at episode eight already. Yeah, yeah. that's we're, amazing. We're consistent. <laughs> I, like that. I like that. I like that. <laughs> so, guys, what's the cheese de la semana? Okay, so. My cheese de la semana, I just heard today, and I am so interested and excited and very intrigued. Um, I don't know if you, uh, any of you out there, hopefully a lot of you out there are familiar with Tom King, um, a really awesome writer in the comic book world. He um, has written uh, for DC, he's written Batman, uh, he, uh, he's writing uh, right now what? He's writing, he's currently writing Batman, uh-huh. he wrote Sheriff of Babylon, yes. and he did The Vision for yes. Marvel, and he also wrote Omega Men, oh, yes, which Omega was Man. a New York Times bestselling That's book. right. So, wow. Tom King, this amazing, amazing ball person, ball. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is going to uh, write a crossover event. Um, I don't know if any of you um, have been reading any of the Hanna-Barbera stuff that has been out, but Hanna-Barbera launched, uh, actually DC launched some Hanna-Barbera property titles a Mm. while back. There's Flintstones, there's Future Quest, Quest, Scooby Apocalypse, Apocalypse, and um, uh, Wacky Racers. Wacky Raceland. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so, of course, Looney Tunes has to get in on the business. Mm. So there are some Looney Tunes uh, titles that are going to be coming out soon. I'm not sure what all of them are, but announced uh, yesterday on uh, Tom King's Twitter, he will be writing the Batman Elmer Fudd. Oh, my God. (laughs) So excited. Oh, my God. That is... That's so awesome. So, uh, I can't wait. I'm so, so all about this. I'm really enjoying Scooby Apocalypse. Um, I really like it a lot. So, um, right now there's no artist attached to it, but in the teaser images that um, have come out, the art um, who the, the artist who's doing, who has done those images is Lee Weeks. Um, and most recently he's worked on Superman, uh, Lois and Clark, which I loved. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm, I'm really excited about this. I'm not not sure when they said if there was a, a date attached to it, but definitely um, uh, keep your eye on it because uh, it is coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god! I'm so I would, excited! I for would that. totally pick that up. Man. That'd be so cool, dude. Mm-hmm. That is that's wow. No wonder you didn't tell us. Before. <laughs> that was man. That was a genuine reaction there, guys. Man, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Well, that's exciting. And when uh, when did, did they say like the I, month? Or I didn't year? see a date actually. Okay. Maybe I I missed it, but um, it probably is something that's out there. But I didn't know. Usually, with these things, when the announcement comes, it usually takes about three to four months before the event actually mm-hmm. takes place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember so. when they announced all the Hanna Barbera stuff, and we started getting phone calls, and I yeah. was like, "Sorry, they haven't even started writing that yet." <laughs> <laughs> no way. That's kind of funny. Yeah, that's kind of funny. Um. Well, what's your cheese Well, my cheese de la semana is something that was just announced. Maybe some of you have seen it floating around on Facebook. But the director for Batman Lego Movie has been greenlit to make a live-action Nightwing movie. Ooh. And I am so excited. I love Lego Batman. And the fact that he's been allowed to make Nightwing is super exciting because this might actually 
be the first time DC does a movie that I might actually like. <laughs> besides, <laughs> besides, besides Lego Batman, but the, I'm going to assume that doesn't take place in their um, uh, in, in their movie universe. Right. Uh, <laughs> since a, since the, you know, he's a Lego and everything. Um, the fact that they're going to go with this direction, and I want to see how they're going to incorporate Nightwing. And if they go the dark and gritty route, I mean, they can make it work. It's Nightwing. He can. He certainly has some angst in his life, but... It's just he's not when you think Dick Grayson, uh, you don't exactly think dark and gritty. He's <laughs> Oh my gosh. One of my favorite parts in the Lego Batman movie <laughs> is when uh Dick is talking to Batman and uh, Batman's <laughs> like, Well, what's your name or he's introducing himself and he's like, My name's Richard Grayson, but the kids at the school call me Dick and Batman's like, Kids could be cruel. <laughs> Oh my god, I love that scene. And it's just like, that right there, that encapsulates everything that is Dick Grayson and Nightwing. He's he's funny, he's a sweetheart, he's amusing, he kicks ass, and he, but he's still like this really fun character that was the reason he was Robin for a very long time. Mm -hmm. So, I'm super excited about it. They haven't, of course, they haven't announced any actors or any, um, um, or any release date or anything like that, but the the movie now has a director, and so hopefully we'll be able to see it sometime soon. Well, I'm certainly ho- I'm certainly glad it's greenlit, and we could be looking at maybe a new great DC movie finally. <laughs> um, so hopefully, man, fingers crossed. I'm just excited, really excited about that news. On my chisme de la semana, I just heard, um, I haven't really, I didn't really do research on this, but uh, apparently um, uh, Ben Affleck was going to be starring and directing the new Batman movie. Well, he pulled out of the directing because he felt he couldn't do everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But then the new director that came on board to direct, he just pulled out of directing. Oh, wow. Yeah. That doesn't sound good. That doesn't, Mm -hmm. look. As soon as the a movie changes directors many times, you know something is up. It's what happened. Um, it's what it's what happened with BBS. It's what happened with Suicide Squad. That's right. And mm-hmm. um, um, what you call it? I know it happened with Ant Man, but I never saw Ant Man, so I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> I um, enjoyed Ant Man. I know. A lot of people did. A lot of people did. Oh. <laughs> what was the reason you didn't watch it? Because uh, um, the Wasp wasn't in it. And don't, I know Hope is going to be the new Wasp. And you know what? Credit to her and all that. But, you know, Janet Van Dyne was the original Wasp and she wasn't in it. So I'm just so like, peace out. Good way to diss one of your original female characters, Marvel. Like, yeah. Mm. I mean, she's only the character who gave the Avengers their name. It's true. She's a founding member. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And nobody what ever, I don't think most people, um, if they do know it, never acknowledge it. What? Mm-hmm. No way. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So, and I'm just, you know, a little salt. <laughs> a little yeah. salt right there. But either way, um, um, so, but either way, Ant Man was a hit. So maybe sometimes sw- um, uh, switching hands isn't too bad. Uh, but it can't with DC. It's definitely gone the negative route. Oh, so. absolutely. Does Affleck have anything to do with the writing at all? I think he did have like a hand in the writing as well. So, okay. Um, he was kind of like his hand was in every pot. Mm-hmm. 
and um, you know him taking himself out of the director's chair, but now this other new appointed director taking himself out. Right. I don't, I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it, if he really wanted this, I think he would have he would have taken his hand out of a, other pots before really removing himself as a director, unless there is some conflict right there in between the studio and with Ben Affleck himself. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be what's going on. And when there's conflict, you get stuff like. Suicide Squad. <laughs> 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 Let me just sip this beer. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Like, uh, for me, like Will Smith, like, he only wore that mask once, and I just felt like he wanted his face to be out there. And uh, yeah, I like, never saw the movie, so. Yeah. You, I not, wanted you're to. You're not missing. Mm-hmm. I wanted much. to, but I just never got mm-hmm. around to it. I know there was some good stuff. There were some good things about it, but overall, the reviews were very negative. Yeah. And that it felt like a. It felt like two different movies smashed into one, and the fact that a lot of the a lot of the characters were basically washed out versions of themselves. That's what I heard, and just from what people reported when they would talk about it, and some of the people who would come into the shop, some of their critiques um, definitely had a lot to do with the fact that the characters that they knew and loved mm-hmm. were not the characters that they saw on this mm-hmm. on the big screen. Yeah, because like what I heard, that there was a lot of praise for Margaret Robbie, mm-hmm. but there wasn't a lot of praise for how she depicted, how, how the role of Harley Quinn was depicted, mm-hmm. that she was, um, that she was like insipid, that she was... Um, um, that she was basically a blonde-haired bimbo. Yeah. And I was just like, like, Harley is, uh, she's a PhD. Right. Uh, she has a PhD in psychology. She went to med school, and uh, she's she's smart. Um, she's crazy, but she's smart. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so, and you got none of that from right. the movie. Mm, and no. even when the, her depictions in the comics, you can tell that she is smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's able, in the original, um, the original, uh, I guess it's not really adaptation, but when they went back and did her origin story after mm-hmm. her success in the animated, uh, uh, Batman animated series, mm-hmm. um, in that uh, comic, uh, was it a uh, one shot or no? It was um, uh, you don't know wait yeah it was one issue. Yeah, okay, well anyway, uh, she it, throughout the entire issue, the Joker is trying to best Batman, and because Harley loves Joker so much, she comes up with this plan that is a, like a, an amazing genius plan, and she and it works cap- and it works. She mm-hmm. captures Batman. And, you know, and it, it's amazing that um, she's able to do this, and because and it's because she's smart. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some issues with Mad Love, so I won't go any further <laughs> into it. But that was definitely one thing, uh, one critique I heard a lot about the movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So, yeah, and so it's just, um, like, uh, I have the director of the Lego Batman movie, did a great job, and I think he captured the characters really well. So if anyone who can do a Nightwing movie and do it justice, it might be this guy because mm-hmm. he seems to know his stuff. I was gonna say yeah. there was so many little Easter eggs in oh, there. Absolutely, absolutely. so many. Yes. Oh my god! Like I love. Oh god, I love that movie so much. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm excited for that, and so we might actually get. A good movie written by uh, someone who actually cares about these characters. Yeah. And so, 
That's my teaser. <laughs> <laughs> my, my suggestion is if you want to see a really good Suicide Squad movie, I, I suggest you see the animated movie, Assault oh. on Arkham. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you get past the kind of like Aeon Flux artwork, um, <laughs> um, you you really dig the story. It's excellent. Awesome. That's the real Suicide Squad movie that so wait, I have made. We went back to her cheese, but you had said yours. Oh, yeah, yeah, I already yeah, yeah, forgot yeah. what it was. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we went all over the place. So, yeah. uh, ben Affleck. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. 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 Split, and I, now the other director has split. Yeah. So I, no. think it's, I think it's a, a direct effect from our beer. What are we reviewing today? <laughs> <laughs> it, you know what? I would not be surprised because this beer is a 13% ABV. Yeah. Um, and this 13 uh, this uh, this beer, this 13% um, glass of uh, wonderful, is um, a beer from Stone Brewery, uh, directly from the brewery in San Diego. Um, this beer is actually called Stone Farking Wheaton Woot Stout. <laughs> uh, and I purchased this beer um, personally uh, after on a, on the drive home from San Diego Comic Con in 2015. And it's been sitting uh, in my kitchen, ready for the perfect moment <laughs> to be opened. And tonight was the night. So, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> so this beer was brewed back. Um, well, it was released back in 2015, and um, it's an imperial stout. And I did not know this, but um, Joss Whedon. Uh, oh, so this uh, this this. Uh, Beer is Farking Wheaton Woot Stout. Wheaton is uh, stands for Joss Wheaton. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the uh, the Joss or Will Wheaton? Will Wheaton. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying it out loud. I'm like, wait, I'm that's not right. <laughs> it's Will Wheaton, you guys. My bad. Yeah. Our bad. <laughs> As I was saying yeah. it, I was like, wait, that's not right. <laughs> Will Wheaton. <laughs> Um, apparently, he is um, a big uh, beer connoisseur and does a lot of home brewing. So he took uh, his interest in uh, beer and he approached Stone, and they uh, got together in this collaboration. And they've actually been brewing this beer since 2013. Wow! Uh, and I'm assuming that oh, this came out in July 2015. So I'm assuming maybe they're released uh, during the same. Uh, time of year every year, and um, they. I'm. A, I don't know if they're still uh, releasing it. I should have looked that up before I uh, we start talking about it. But it seemed like it was something that's really popular and that people really love. So I would be surprised if they're not. And the cover art was done by um, who was it? Um, it? His the cover art is done by a um, a really famous Eisner Award winning comic book cover artist. His name is Dave Johnson. Um, and the the cover art is um, the three people who collaborated, which is Drew Curtis, Will Wheaton, and uh, Greg Koch. Um, and they're on the cover, and they're holding uh, they're holding like barley and hops, and uh, <laughs> and then there is the um, the stone uh, like uh, the um, the like little devil, uh, yeah, guy uh, on some uh, flags in the background. But it's really cool. It's really cool art uh, work. Yeah, and um, if you're not familiar with Dave uh, Johnson, he actually did the cover arts for uh, 100 Bullets that maybe most of you listeners are familiar with, and the 
uh, Superman Red Sun. And actually, this bottle holds a lot of similarities to the Red Sun yes, uh, artwork. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, if you can find it, definitely taste it. Uh, what what review do you give it, Kristen? I really like it. Um, I think I've noted before that I'm not uh, a stout or a porter um, drinker by choice. Um, <laughs> I, I usually go for the Belgians, uh, the IPAs. But this one is really good. It doesn't have – and the reason why um, – for me, that I enjoy this one as opposed to maybe others is there's not that strong coffee aftertaste. I'm not a coffee drinker at all. Um, although it's noted on the bottle that there is, um, you know, some, some coffee notes in it, to me I get a really strong cocoa uh, taste and vanilla. And really, really, um, like, it's smooth. There's no harsh, bitter aftertaste at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, I like it a lot. <laughs> so what is your rating on it? Oh, my rating? I would <laughs> give it a full. Oh, nice. That's yes. really good. Uh-huh. Um, I actually really, really love this beer. It's also barrel-aged, um, which is, I think, what gives it that high percentage. In, oh, yes. In, uh-huh. uh, it's barrel-aged in, what is it, barley? It's bourbon. It's bourbon. barrel-aged in the bourbon barrel. And what they did is they took some of the of the um beer from the year previous that was aged in the in a barrel and they mixed it in with this and it had been aged for over a year mm. uh so it actually um i i taste that uh that that barrel bourbon uh taste in it too really good oh yeah absolutely i i'm really a big fan of the barrel aged stuff um and that's why i really really like this one um sorry i took a sip because i wanted to, <laughs> to remember um there's some. Um, some sweet notes to it. Um, you mentioned that there was uh, vanilla in it and I think some cocoa. Mm-hmm. Um, the cocoa doesn't overpower anything, so it's not like too yeah. sweet. Yeah. And there's some nice kind of, I, I would have to say cherry or something, some undertone. Yeah, that's what uh, Jen was saying, that it, mm-hmm. she tastes, it was kind of tart to her. Yeah, mm-hmm. tart. Uh, tart finish, I think. And I really, really enjoy it. Um, um, I was really pleasantly surprised. I really didn't think I was going to like it. <clears throat> and then you said it had been sitting there for a while, and I'm like, <laughs> I know we were, we weren't uh, quite sure what we were going to get when we opened the bottle, folks, because yeah. it had been in my uh, kitchen for two years. <laughs> and because of the fact that I'm not a stout drinker, and so I I've been seeing it sitting there, and I'm like, nah, I'm just, I'll I'll pass. <laughs> well, you know, I think that in itself, the fact that it's been sitting there for a while, and then um, for us to chill it for like what 15 minutes or so. Um, and having it and all the 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 tastes are just still so mm-hmm. fresh and kind of um, you know kind of give you a punch in the face. Um, I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a rigid. Ooh, um, I really like this. So just to remind you, um, listeners, our our um, our what do you call it? Our measuring measuring stick, stick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it begins with initial. And then goes to partial, then full, and then above that is rigid, and then the um, the best that you can get is uh, the, what is it? The super what? Super Saiyan. Super, super Saiyan. Saiyan. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so I'm gonna yeah definitely a rigid for me because I, I'm just a fan of these type of, of beers with the whole barrel aged. Um, 
I like the fact that it kept well for you throughout the the years that you had it. Um, and I, and an extra point for being a geek beer. So oh yes, oh, extra yeah, point. Uh, like I said, I picked it up on the way home from San Diego Comic Con in 2015, and they always Stone actually always seems to have um, comic related beers that they release during that time. I, they know that a lot of people are coming from out of town into San Diego, and um, I was just telling the girls earlier that one year I went uh, and I uh, they had a Kevin Eastman Ninja Turtle pizza beer. <laughs> and I have to tell you, it tasted exactly like pizza, and it was not the business. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe to some people it might be the business. Yeah, yeah. If you if you love pizza, that if you much, like drinking you your pizza, <laughs> yeah, and if you like drinking your pizza, like go for it, do it if you want to. But that, um, yeah, that does not, not sound like that. So Jen, where does the beer fall on our measuring stick for you? Well. <clears throat> I'm usually not a fan of darker beers, uh, same with Kristen. I usually stick to my pale beers, pale ales, ciders, uh, stuff like that. Um, but I really like this. I, as they were saying before, you can definitely taste the cocoa, but it isn't super overpowering. Mm-hmm. And I really like that kind of tartness that sticks kind of to your tongue and like really kind of like cleanses yeah. the palate a bit. And <clears throat> I know you mentioned it before. You said that it had an oak. It's been made with like oak or mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and so you can kind of you can you kind of get also like a woodsy yeah uh, taste to it, and mm-hmm. I really do like that taste. So I'm gonna give it a full just because it's actually a dark beer that I like, mm. and so that's really surprising. Mm-hmm. And I personally, I just really like the taste of cocoa. Uh-huh, so yeah. I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> this. I can drink this. Well, nothing but pleasure with two fools and a rigid. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it gets the job done. Sure. No, I, I, you know, this is the type of beer that if I bought one whole bottle, I would drink it all by myself. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't really want to share it. Like, I would just, like, drink the whole thing by myself in my big old glass. And, <laughs> and this bottle uh, comes in a 22-ounce bottle, just mm-hmm. for those of you who... Uh, are who are, yes, who are uh, interested in having a whole bottle to yourself, like Sarah? Oh, <laughs> I, I would. That would be like a perfect like Friday night bottle for me. Like you know, throw on the Netflix or catch up on my shows and yeah. have this bottle all to myself. Mm-hmm. It's perfect for me. Like what that's why. It? What I'm was it that they recommended it with? <laughs> uh, oh, shiitake <laughs> mushroom. Yeah, what? There, there was some pairing notes on the website, and the first thing on it uh, on the list was to pair it with blue cheese stuffed shiitake mushrooms. Mm. <laughs> or popcorn. Or popcorn. Anyways, um, um, hopefully you guys can find it, pick it up. I'm actually going to look for it. Maybe Bebmo might have some. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, well, I, maybe cool. some of the older uh, kind of like um, hole-in-the-wall places mm-hmm. might have some too. So it's definitely something I would definitely pick up. I really do like these these stouts too. And like I said, Barrow Age, you man, you had me at hello. <laughs> and this bottle is a work of art. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if you just keep that, make you yeah. maybe use it as a, you know, as a vase or mm-hmm. something, a vase, or a vase <laughs> whatever you, whatever you're inclined. Um, so that was our beer review, guys. Um, so what did we read this week? In brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power. Green Lantern's light! 
So this week we read Green Lanterns. Um, Green Lanterns is um, a book from uh, the DC Universe, and it is um, from the whole rebirth. Uh, it's, was it considered a reboot, Jen? Yeah. Okay. It was a reboot. Okay. So um, those of you who are familiar with um, comic books, you know that um, you might know that uh, they are prone to some reboots every now and then. And the last big DC reboot was Rebirth. And um, it was basically um, the intention was to basically take New 52 and kind of – to some of the characters or some of the storylines kind of, I think, quote-unquote, um, fix what had been broken, I think. <laughs> oh, it was broken, all right. I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of New 52. <laughs> Which New 52 was also one of those famous reboots that happened back in, uh, you said 2011? Yep, uh, late 2011 is when... Uh, the new 52 was kicked into gear. Right. And as many of you know, or maybe not, uh, they call it the new 52 because they kick-started 52 new titles mm-hmm. that a lot of them were canceled by the end of 2012. <laughs> by the way, I have <laughs> always wondered why they called it 52. Oh, and yeah. you just answered my question. <laughs> yep. I was always afraid to ask because I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to sound like an idiot. But thank no. goodness. It's, it's a question we get a lot at yeah. the store, and they're like, why did they call it the new 52? And I was like, because 50 new, t- new titles were made. But a lot of them, a lot of them did end quickly. Yeah. Um, uh, the ones I can think of immediately on hand are Stormwatch, the Blue Beetle one. Oh, the yeah. One, the uh, I Vampire and I Frankenstein uh, ones. Yeah. Yeah, they were quickly, quickly ended. I come across a lot of those books in the Fizzy Scent Bin. Yep. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sad. They they weren't written well and they weren't particularly drawn well and I don't think DC really made an effort to really push for a dedicated fan base for them. Oh. So a lot of them ended. Especially I was really sad about, um, uh, about the Blue Beetle one because they were doing they were, I believe yeah, they were doing Jaime Reyes but they screwed it up. And oh. so I was just like, oh, okay, no, not salty at all. No. <laughs> That's how our listeners can tell us apart. They at least know Jen's the salty one. <laughs> I am the saltiest one here. I love comics, but I have my good uh, So Green Lanterns uh, follows our, our two newest recruits um, from to the Green Lantern Corps, who are Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz. Um, and they, uh, for those of you who um, are Green Lantern fans, you know that the power of uh, the Green uh, Ring is will. Willpower. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, and that that uh, calls for you to overcome a lot of fear. Mm-hmm. Um, so that really comes into play in the storyline that um, we see here in the Green Lanterns. So um, when the rebirth started um, a lot of the titles that were being released came out with one shots mm-hmm. and those one shots kind of like set set the stage kind of addressed some things that had happened before a lot of things that they addressed were things that happened pre new 52 mm-hmm. um, and and kind of like um, gave you the new uh, or, or not the new but gave you kind of the storyline and like um, past history that you needed to know to move forward in reading these books so mm-hmm. um, some of the titles that were um, that came out with rebirth had those um, and 
some didn't. The ones that didn't were ones that didn't have a history that needed to be reset. Mm-hmm. Um, which, like, uh, what were some of the ones that didn't have? Uh, trying to remember. Well, I think all of them had a one shot with them. There were some that didn't, and oh. I, and I, I remember it was because they didn't really have something before that they needed to fix. Oh no! Yes, that's right. New titles that they that they were coming out with. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but Green Lanterns um, does have a, a has a one shot, and it's included here in this trade paperback. This trade. Uh, actually includes one through six, um, but also it, it includes the rebirth, um, the lanterns rebirth number one. It was really confusing with rebirth. Uh, they came out with the one shots and they numbered them number one, and then they started the series and they started it with number one. Oh wow! So wow. really, the the one shot should have been numbered zero to make it less confusing. Mm-hmm. People were so confused. Oh, but, they were. So uh, so you're really getting yeah. seven issues here in this trade, which mm-hmm. is kind of really thin, but it really oh absolutely yeah, yeah. but it has it has quite a, a a good meaty amount of story in it. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely! I when I saw it, I'm like, I'm gonna read this in thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no cigar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, um, it's very dense, but it's very enjoyable. Yes. I really, really liked it. I remember when it came out, and I remember picking up the one shot and being like, this is cool. But then DC was just coming out with a lot since their universe was basically kickstarting that I basically let it fall behind. Um, but now reading it, um, I really do like it. It's super interesting, and it's, again, getting really into... Um, uh, the Green Lantern Corps and what it is that they do. Because, um, for me, I never really knew much about the Green Lanterns. Yeah. Besides what I knew from uh, the Justice League animated series and Jon Stewart and the few episodes he came out in Static Shock. <sighs> Shout out to the the greatest cartoon series that I loved as a kid. (laughs) And the one character DC refuses to make a series out of. Uh, It's not coming out or anything. Not salty or anything. Not salty or anything. Static Shock was part of the, the, was it the... Well, it was the same one that we were talking about Midnighter being part of. Oh, Wildstorm, yes. Uh, Static Shock is just... I think we're diverging, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, Static Shock is a great character that has a lot of potential that they could use, but they don't. And hopefully they will, as they've been doing with Midnighter. Yeah. Um, but I just, I really, really, really want a Static Shock series, because I love the cartoon series as a kid. Uh, and I think, Every once in a yeah. while, I get people coming in asking for Static Shock. Static Shock stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, mm-hmm. one of the reasons we picked uh, the Green Lanterns book to uh, to talk about on the uh, episode today was because Jessica Cruz is a Latina character. Um, Jen was saying she thinks that um, that she is Puerto Rican. Yeah. Um, and uh, we haven't. I, I didn't check that to. We just know she's Latina. <laughs> we'll check name, on that for you. Though. Yeah, with a name um, like Jessica Cruz. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, but not only is she a, a Latina, but um, her partner Simon Baz is—he's um, Muslim. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure what his uh, what. I think they did mention what um, country he was from, did they? Uh, I don't think no? they did. No, oh, okay. no, they didn't. Um, all we know is, like, um, 
you know, I was introduced to this uh, this Green Lantern, Simon Bass, uh, as we were reading this book because okay. I didn't know anything about him. And um, when he um, when he was cleaning off the word yes. terrorist mm-hmm. from his garage, uh, from the garage where because he, he's staying there with his mm-hmm. sister, and I thought, oh my God, this is so like heavy. Yeah. This is heavy, guys. Yeah, and then they they uh, one of the following panels shows his sister in uh, uh, hijab. Uh, hijab, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, oh, okay. And then, um, then of course, uh, you have his name is Simon, but then, like, there's Farhad, I yes, think his son, uh-huh. and then Nazir is his brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, you get that sen- sense that they're Middle Eastern, but you don't know exactly right. where. Yeah. And then with the whole big red letters, terrorist, and, you know, you kind of put two and two together. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I was like, oh, this is going to be heavy. Yeah, so there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of... Uh, Cultural diversity issues going on mm-hmm. in, in this book. Um, yes, there's <laughs> definitely <laughs> some issues of racism. And in fact, it was so it was such a powerful statement in the beginning. It was during the one shot when the the guy who's uh, voicing over uh, I, don't, I don't know who's actually doing the <laughs> right. The um, that's you know oh, that's, that's another thing I really I'm so sorry to interrupt mm-hmm. you. There was a, uh, before I forget my train of thought. Um, <laughs> there was another thing that I really loved about this book. It's a lot of inner monologue yeah not only with yes, one I was character mention that not only one character all of them and the cool thing about this book is it actually differentiates everyone's monologue mm-hmm. either yes. by a, uh-huh. uh, either by the different font color or a different um um i guess what you would call it the um the background of the font bubble mm-hmm. um so i really appreciate that because at time at the beginning i did honestly get confused uh, a little bit, and whoever was doing the monologue at the beginning, I don't even know oh, who that it, is. Oh, it was the it was the um, the main bad guy. The main yeah. bad guy. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, um, um, uh, atrocity. Oh yeah, atrocitus. Atrocitus. Yes. I just call him atrocity. So no, it's easier for me. The, yeah. After reading the book, um, one of the powerful um, statements that uh, Atrocitus makes in his monologue in the beginning um, talks about um, all the different lanterns that he's come, uh, green lanterns that he's come into contact with and about how they were all problems for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was uh, interesting because when he comes to John Stewart, uh, he says, after Jordan, another human was chosen, a man who gave the court a new perspective, um, mm-hmm. a, a basically um, referring to the fact that he's he was black. black right? And he says, <laughs> not all threats come in the form of physical some come in the form of prejudice and a malformed mindset yes. so i thought that was really uh, an awesome shout out to uh to john to stewart, john stewart, stewart yeah. to and also and to, to kind of set the tone for some of the issues that we're going to be dealing uh with with the characters mm-hmm. and actually that what you just read was what it like really like captured me into the story mm-hmm. uh, so I was like whoa you know and, and I think I mentioned to you guys you guys are blowing my mind because <laughs> <laughs> actually the ladies chose um, this book they actually do all the choosing but uh, <laughs> but, but uh, the, in this particular sense I was just like man you guys are blowing my mind like I, I felt like I needed to let them know because um, I have read Green Lantern I read Darkest Night okay um, and I really loved it I mean I think Jen was saying that it was one of the most popular Green yeah, Lantern Blackest story arcs Night, um, <laughs> yeah we get a lot of people asking for that yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Blackest oh. Night is is the more iconic Green Lantern storyline and I always, I always find it funny because it's the one that doesn't feature Hal Jordan right? yeah. <laughs> it's actually uh, Kyle Rayner who is also Puerto Rican 
Oh, okay. yeah, okay. did not know yeah. that. Yeah, okay. he is. Mm-hmm. And so that's the other Latino uh, Green Lantern that's uh, out there. But I really like Cal Rainer, and he, he was the main guy be- behind Blackest Night. Mm. <laughs> so one of the things that I love about um, Green Lanterns, um, the book and the core, uh, is, is that, um, well, I guess not all Green Lanterns are human because I know I've read the Green Lantern Corps and there's a whole bunch of different uh, species that become Green Lanterns. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think um, I think they were they had mentioned sometime somewhere in some book or a cartoon that um, they were kind of upset that they chose human Green Lanterns because we're like so primitive. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of funny. What I was gonna say is that I really liked that these Green Lanterns are human. I haven't read any other Green Lanterns. Mm. I just know that others exist that are not. Um, and I really enjoy the story that we get from that because they are human and being human comes with it so many other extenuating uh, issues and circumstances um your your ethnicity your race where you know where your social economic status like all that stuff is th- are things that um affect us as human beings and then to have to also have this um this responsibility of protecting uh, the world and also the universe, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It's, it really adds another layer on to uh, to being a superhero, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And, um, one of the things I really liked about this story is, um, <clears throat> I, I, this is only the second Green Lantern story I've read. Um, but I really like how human they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. they have doubts. Oh, they yeah, have definitely. Fears. Yeah. Um, they have issues with family. Like how she was saying, Sarah, our family's been known to kind of like, you know, kind of ignore things. Ignore mm-hmm. things. Yeah. I don't, when I read that, I was just like, that's such a Hispanic thing. Yeah, it was, I, I was just it's like, very like, much it. It's, a, it's such a Hispanic thing to do. Like, it was just like, if you ignore the problem or if you yeah. don't address it. Yep. It will go it's away. It's not there. <laughs> it's not there. It doesn't exist. And I think that that was probably the part that resonated with me the most. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you were saying, what I really like about this mm-hmm. is the fact that they're rookies. Yes. Oh, that's oh, another thing. They yes. are rookies. That's another they layer of the characters uh-huh. is mm-hmm. that they're rookies. And, um, Went wow. behind the years, whatever. <laughs> yes. Else. And there are multiple times that... Um, People they show up mm-hmm. to try to help out, and they're told, "Where's the real Green Lantern? Yeah. We want the real Green Lantern. <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't want these rookies. We don't want newbies. We yeah. want, where's Hal Jordan? Where's you know? And where's, it's like, oh, well, they're not. What here. I really, really, really like, they're like, they're like, where's Hal Jordan? Or at least John Stewart. Like, <laughs> or or that. Or we'll even take that one dude, Guy Gardner. Yes. And I, I, I completely understand their feelings towards Guy Gardner. <laughs> Guy Gardner is the freaking worst like uh, <laughs> i like but yeah it's it was hilarious and they're like they're like well we're green lanterns and we're here to help and then yeah yeah they were like nah <laughs> so yes both of them have very human insecurities and mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. see them coming out um over and over again throughout the uh throughout the storyline so um what are you gonna say sarah well especially um Again with the names, guys. <laughs> Jessica, especially with Jessica, she has the anxiety disorder. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, she so has anxiety and I think agoraphobia. Um. Yes, yeah. I believe so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, that's you know, and throughout the story, I'm asking myself, why did the ring choose her? Like seriously. No. <laughs> like, uh, how can we have a, a Green Lantern that like only wants to be in her apartment all day? 
<laughs> yeah, and even just the small thing of going to the the market when when mm-hmm. uh, uh, Atrocitus comes and uh, I guess um, start spreading. yeah start spreading the uh, rage. Uh, mm-hmm. They are in the mall or the the shop where people start becoming infected, and um, she's in the process of telling her sister she has to leave. That being there was so hard for her mm-hmm. around all these people. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And then we have um, Simon, who has the issue of, um, he actually, he is the Green Lantern who has a ring, but he carries <laughs> a gun. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he carries a gun because he feels like everything has always kind of like failed, failed him, him. Mm-hmm. and he feels that the ring might do the same, so he just has extra load of protection with yeah. the gun. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, he's lived a life where you know that he's been um, called a terrorist. Yeah. Um, he's been looked at, treated wrong he was held when the ring chose him he was at guantanamo bay being held held Mm -hmm. under suspicion of being a terrorist act yeah and there's there's a scene in the book that i think was really shocking to me and i don't know if a lot of people will recognize it is that he when he has uh like a sack over his head yes he was he he was i'm guessing that is he was being waterboarded right Uh, Mm -hmm. and that is a torture technique that people that a lot of people in guantanamo bay um, that is used uniquely there because it's the only place that's allowed. And right. I was just like, damn. Yeah, I mean, um, I could understand why he wants extra measure of protection, but, um, you know, he comes from a place where he's, like, mostly dealt with be, uh, p- other people being racist towards him, and then he has kind of, like, this issue with that. So, mm-hmm. um these Green Lanterns not only are rookies, but they have, like, real issues. Yeah. Like, real issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, s- there's a lot of times throughout the book that they feel like failures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get to know that because we we, we get the monologue um, a lot throughout the story. So um, I feel, I don't know, I just really like these. I, I felt like... Um, like, I can be a Green Lantern, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, Especially, like, with Jessica, I'm just so like, girl, I feel you. I know, yes. I know exactly how you're feeling. And the fact that she was, she's a Green Lantern, like, dang. Yeah. If the Green Lantern thing did ever exist, I could be a Green Lantern. <laughs> right? Hell yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so in the story, we're, we're basically um, told her, her backstory is that she um, had this very traumatic incident that happened in her life where she witnessed... Um, some friends of hers be murdered and um, the trauma associated with what she witnessed caused her to basically um, have anxiety so bad that she could not leave her apartment um, which I think they mentioned in here was like a four-room apartment she could she didn't leave it for for three years mm-hmm. um, and uh, and then she is uh, charged with uh, a, a green ring and being in uh, a green lantern and so now she's trying to um, to in her mind like Sarah was saying ask herself why did the ring choose me? It's a mistake. I, I they shouldn't. Uh, I shouldn't have be out here. Um, I'm gonna get you know people killed. Um, and just really su- uh, working on that self doubt and um, just really trying to to answer those questions of why was she chosen? Um, alternately, I think uh, Simon is like, yeah, I, I'm mm-hmm. awesome and <laughs> I, I do everything the best, and yeah. which is really funny. Um, the irony of him carrying that gun, I think it tells a lot 
um, about what he's not saying. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The whole fake it till you make it. Even, <laughs> he even said it. He even said it in the book. He was just like, he was like, yeah, no, a lot of it's uh, I fake it till I make it. But yeah. even sometimes it doesn't work. Right. Yeah, like that's kind of his little pep talk is like being like exuberantly um, uh, confident or mm-hmm. show confidence, mm-hmm. whereas her uh, pep talks are more in her brain like this is just anxiety. You're not ruled by anxiety. Yes. Mm-hmm. Move on. You have to move forward you have to do this you, you know like all this and all of this all of her inner fears um are so reflected on the fact that she cannot create a construct yes mm-hmm. um not the ring. having the ring does not um give you the ability to just construct anything you have to have like the will mm-hmm. and uh the emotion behind it to actually sustain a construct mm-hmm. and she's not able to do that at all yeah mm-hmm. um which i was like whoa <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, and you see in the book that some of that inner monologue of that anxiety and that fear comes about in just really um, inconsequential everyday things, like when she's meeting Baz's family oh, and yeah. she's telling herself and her, say hi, her, just say hi. yeah, just say hi, don't run away, don't run away. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so just imagine, I can just imagine then what is going through her mind and the self doubt and the anxiety when she is faced with the uh, atrocities and mm-hmm. all of these uh, uh, red red lanterns. lanterns. Yeah, crazy oh, yeah. alien. <laughs> I felt so bad for her when that happened because she's uh, she. It gets so bad that she hides herself away. She's not even like yes. using her ring to protect herself. Yes. she's just hiding, and that's that is like that is like a psychological defense. A lot of people do that mm-hmm. have with anxiety, just kind of like, or even like even a childish kind of like if if I can't see them, they can't see me kind of thing. Yes, mm-hmm. so she was just kind of curled and hidden into herself, and um, uh, and I was just like I was just like damn. She's got it bad. Yeah, and yeah. one of the things I, I also liked about the uh, development of the characters was these little fights that they had amongst each other as mm-hmm. partners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because, um, was it Hal Jordan? Yes. Who, Hal Jordan comes and actually their um, their lantern charger, um, he actually fuses them into one so they are forced to work together. Yes. Um, because mm-hmm. they're fighting a lot. Yeah. Um, but these little fights that they have, they're kind of a little bit kind of petty Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it kind of shows that they're like really struggling with this whole big issue that is being a green lantern Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i really feel for them and um i like the i like how they actually grow into a partnership yeah throughout this storyline so i really really like that yeah i liked that too um because she comes right out and it's like hey i don't want to be be your partner either simon thinks that she's holding him back and in fact i think that in some of his inner monologue mm-hmm. uh, it, it kind of says that too and she thinks that he's just a jerk mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah he comes and out guns blazing yeah. it doesn't mm-hmm. in, include her in her in his plan mm-hmm. and so shit happens yeah mm-hmm. and one of the biggest shit happenings was when uh what was it uh one of the red lanterns what was her name bees 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 mm-hmm. um there's something inside Simon. He has the ability to have Emerald Sight. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and Emerald Sight, um, I'm not really clear on what it is because they don't sit you down and explain it. No. But they kind of give you an idea through what's happening in the pictures, and um, it's telling you that he can see into the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has Emerald Sight, um, and he also has this ability to heal. 
th- through his ring. It's something inside yeah. him that after he's done healing, it actually hurts yeah. him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually physically depleted and he's in pain. Um, so one of the things, uh, he actually healed his brother-in-law who was in a coma for three years. That was the first time he did it. And he tried it again with Blee's. Um, and uh, please, right? Yes, yeah. she yeah. she's like the the right hand woman of Atrocitus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a blue lady, as one of the characters um, refers to uh, to her as. She's a blue lady wearing, of course, um, the red ring of rage. And um, he actually hits her with whatever this internal power he has through the ring, and he releases her from the rage. Yeah. Um, and but because him and his partner weren't in tune on the plan yes he actually uh releases her from the rage and we get to hear her backstory which was actually really sad it really was Mm -hmm. she's uh she actually's like i'm a princess and i lived in this beautiful world and um i thought that after because apparently she was possessed or held by the the yellow ring mm-hmm. and then she found that the only release from the yellow ring was to wear the red ring mm-hmm. um so if you're not familiar the yellow ring is fear and the red one is rage mm-hmm. um so she thought that if ever that that uh, link was broken between rage and her um she would die because that's what mm-hmm. uh told her um but in fact it wasn't so she actually reverted to older self um uh, but then Jessica comes in and hits yes. her with a printer or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some office, yeah, uh, some office supply thing, thing that uh-huh. she constructed finally. <laughs> she, I think she just no. threw it. Oh, oh she, yeah, yeah, she just oh, threw okay. it. Yeah, because yeah. at that point she wasn't constructing. Oh, it. gotcha. And mm-hmm. so then she threw it at her, and in doing so, uh, he, bro- I guess, she broke the link of the healing and therefore reverted back yeah. to being the Red Lantern. And at this point, she was super mad because like, how dare you show, show me? Yeah, mm-hmm. something. How dare you show me? There's no the way I can live right. my life, yeah. right? And, and then take it away from me, yeah. And then and then have it taken away, like, dang, like I, I really felt bad for Blee's in that moment. I oh, was absolutely. Like, oh, I was like, oh, that's so I mean, bad. when she awoke from that horrible rage, um, she wanted to actually kill herself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She said, "I have done many yeah. horrible mm-hmm. things, um, because of wearing this ring." And and he's like, you know, I've done horrible things. Mm-hmm. You can you can learn from yeah. your, your mistakes. Yeah, but that's when like she got knocked over by a freaking printer. Mm-hmm. I, I missed that part. I didn't realize that she threw a printer <laughs> Yeah, because then she said, um, I'll bill you later for the printer fees or something like that. And he's like, what did you do? You just messed it up. But this is what happens when there's no communication uh-huh. with your partner. With and, your I, and, partner. and it shows. And, you know, it's these little little moments that you get and you actually say, hey, man, they're right. You know, like... If you just have a bit of communication with your partner, maybe things could be better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it could make the difference. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that's what I really liked about this book. I really did. Um, uh, some of the scenes where uh, the women were drawn like overly beautiful. Oh yeah, that was one of the things I. That kind of bugged me was, a little bit. It was a. It was a, It wasn't even that. The overly beautiful. It was just that because I love beautiful art. Like oh, I, I am, yeah. I am such a sucker for beautiful art. I will buy variant covers <laughs> that are expensive if they are if they're really pretty. <laughs> but it's just it really kind of threw threw me back to that kind of nineties era. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Of uh, like uh, like over sexualization, mm-hmm. and I was just uh, like. 
You know, I mm. thought that when uh, I was looking at Bleez's, uh outfit, outfit, the way that her thigh-high leotard boots, whatever, mm-hmm. are connected to the leotard with like a little stringy thing. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, what is the purpose of this? <laughs> <laughs> is she wearing a garter outside? Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? Here, it is a garter. Oh, my you God. You even see the little clips right here. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Okay. You, uh, for you me, know. it really clicked when that mo- in that moment where he shows them the Justice League, where Hal Jordan shows them the Justice League and Wonder Woman. Exactly. Oh. Did you really have to draw it like that? Yeah. Like, really? Is it an upskirt? Yeah. It's yeah. basically an upskirt. Yeah. Like, yeah, stare into the crack of Wonder Woman's ass. When it became really clear to me was when they were in the shop, shopping for, I guess, towels and um, right before she was getting that panic attack. Uh-huh. Um, she... Um, there was a moment where I guess she turned kind of like the boobies. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the one. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was going along very well. I was even excusing Bleece's like really sexy yeah. outfit. Yeah, but when I saw that moment, to it. yeah, yeah, and then when I saw that, I'm like, whoa, that's that's that was unnecessary. Yeah, mm-hmm. like there's no way I would turn that way. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, not, it's hurting my back. I'm trying to do it right now. Uh-huh. You know, and her hair is her like head, weird. yeah. Like there's the wind inside the shop, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you, the air cranes inside of a inside of a, what is it like a supermarket? One of these, like like a Target or something, is not that strong exactly. at all. If there is any. But so um, that was a, a little kind of a little disappointing nod, but otherwise, it's a really good book. Oh yeah, it's excellently written. I love Sam Humphreys. He's really good mm-hmm. at writing. Um, um, he I, he's the one who's done Jonesy. He's done. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, We're gonna have to read that one. <laughs> and he's just he's done a few other titles that are really really good. So no fault in the writing and the artwork itself. And I liked it at times, but at other times it was very kind of like, come on, Sam, did you really have to do it that way? Mm-hmm. I was just it was just it was very old school comic book. Cool. Yeah, comic book. Kind Maybe of. it's a homage to old comic book style, but still, homage um, would be trying to do something for Rob Liefeld and <laughs> drawing their legs two meters tall with broke back, uh, uh, broke back backs. <laughs> well, if you actually look uh, uh, in the uh, first page, the artist, there's a really long list and I'm not sure mm-hmm. if they are including all the cover artists on here because um, Rebirth also uh, has been coming out with um, a variant cover for every single issue mm-hmm. um, so I'm wondering if that's why the the list is so long here is that mm. it's cover artists too because yeah. I'm not really sure who the inside artists are we don't know who to blame people oh wait no here <laughs> it is Eth- uh, collection cover artists uh, is uh, Ethan Van Skyver and Jason Wright oh. but the list of artists is like at least like 12 people here yeah it changes mm-hmm. but it Keeps it consistent enough. No, there's 16. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And I guess it might be just consistency itself. There was some issues where I was just like, oh, no, yeah, I kind of like how it's drawn. No, absolutely. Yeah, like I said, it wasn't um, something that shocked me at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just that one snippet where I'm like, you're at the mall. Mm -hmm. Is that really necessary? (laughs) Yeah, no. Like, come on. For me, it was the Wonder Woman scene. I was just all like, 
Yeah. Well, no, that that booby scene in the mall actually caught my eye too, mm-hmm. and then Blees's um, garter, uh, garter <laughs> throughout the and whole hooker uh, boots. I, I, you know, <laughs> it's one thing that catches my eye all the time because I'm just I know that it's fiction and I mm-hmm. know that it's not real, <laughs> but in my mind I see the costumes that artists place. Um, both heroes and um, villains in, and I'm like, that's not practical. Mm-hmm. It's not. Like, it's one, not. one, like, one throw across uh, the yeah, room, and, and every, you know, your boobies are, yeah, and it's, it's all going to be falling out for the world to see. Right? Yes. Everyone's going to see. If I was going to take over the the world, I would not put on my leotard and garter. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I would do that for after I would. <laughs> like, uh, like, it's like uh, dress me up in this bitch. I'm going to be moving fabulously. Uh, but while I'm conquering, I will dress properly. Yeah, right? Um, and that's one of the things that bugged me about Suicide Squad was that she uh. was wearing those uh, really high-heeled um, oh, those boot, boots. Yeah, yeah, kind of. And I'm like, that's not reality how are you keeping up with these men in combat boots mm-hmm. with comfy mm-hmm. socks while you're in these <laughs> fishnets yes oh my gosh For, i think that's funny as a woman as a female uh comic book uh writers and um, publishers take note when i see women in fishnets out there fighting crime, I'm like, obviously, these writers have never worn fishnet shoes. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Thank they you. are yes. so uncomfortable. And le- they're in for a surprise. And they really should put them on because mm-hmm. that could make the difference between actually the wardrobe of a superhero mind. Like yeah. Black Canary, like uh, Canary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always think about that. I do, too. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, you're... Your toes must be going yes. through those fishnets. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> Not only that, let me tell you, fishnets rip easily yes. oh yeah yes. the fact that she's fighting and kicking ass and yeah that's cool and everything but goddamn those fish yep. would have those fish would have been torn the first time she even like lifted her leg or anything <laughs> right. like you have uh, you never worn fish <laughs> whenever i wear tights or anything i gotta be careful how where oh, it is yeah. that i walk because if It'll that thing snags, snags yeah. yeah if they snag like oh my god it's so annoying like yes Dude, like I don't, I don't care. Like, just wear them and see how hard it is. <laughs> and you know what? That should be a prerequisite before you invent or come up with a new, you know, character. Costume. You have to wear the costume. I for one love thing. the cartoon, the like a fan art where um, there it's Wonder Woman facing all the Justice League members, and they're all in um, in leotards with no pants. And it says uh, her, her um, speech bubble says, "If I can't wear pants, none no, of you care." care. <laughs> I love Amazing. that one. And then uh, Aquaman. Yeah, yeah. Aquaman. Like, like, I've worn worse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but seriously, and that's one of the things you know. Like, um, I think, and and that's one of the things I think it um, breaks it for a lot of female readers. You know, yes. seeing a lot of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it gets tiresome. Like, you know, we oh, we can't mm-hmm. keep seeing this. Um, that's why I'm really happy when I see like uh, characters new characters they were like uh like combat boots or mm-hmm. tennis shoes and stuff i'm like thank god yeah mm-hmm. thank god somebody's sane out there drawing these comic books mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, these, give them the freaking high-heeled sneakers like they're right. not that bad like they look kind of cool yeah or wedges oh my god wedges are yeah. life yeah, yeah. Wedges. wedges i love wedges wedges are life yeah or just like or if you're gonna do something come on go with like the goth like lolita culture they have like freaking 
high heel combat boots and everything, mm-hmm. like or like the really long knee length ones, just go with that. They're comfortable and they will kick your ass. And they're practical. Yes, yeah, exactly. Practical. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, trailing back to the comic book, um, we didn't talk about actually the um, evil that they're facing is right. uh, mm-hmm. a Trostidus who is trying to create the Red Dawn, mm-hmm. which we still don't know what it is. But apparently um, there's a tower that they place on Earth. Um, they're actually trying to take over the Earth and spread rage mm-hmm. across the planet to claim it as their new home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's what we're dealing with. And the rest of the red lanterns that are also trying to help. Uh, and you know what? Who was freaking... I was wondering about the cat. What, oh, what's the um, cat? Uh, <laughs> that was actually... That issue actually came out... I think he first appeared... It was either in the Red Lanterns comic or in the Sinestro comic. But the cat was a stray cat who had been mistreated all his life. And then one of the Red Lantern rings fell to Earth. And he found it. And it got snagged into his tail. And he became uh, a Red Lantern because oh. he was he was a very, very angry feral cat. And that was, oh. it was actually kind of a heartbreaking issue. Because oh, you see... That's not, I like that story. Yeah. It was just like... And it was actually really good because you can see like he, like he was like... Like how he grew up as a kitten, and then Aww. how he was mistreated. Aww. And as a cat owner, I was just all like, oh, I can't continue. I can't continue this. <laughs> like, oh my god, who would treat a cat this way? My emotions. My emotions, exactly. <laughs> so, but I'm actually surprised. I didn't know that they would keep him in because he was part of the New 52 thing. Ah. Um, so I didn't know that he was going to continue. I'm looking for pictures to see if I can see the ring on his tail. <laughs> oh, no, right? <laughs> yes, on his tail. And um, that. And another thing was that the act- the cat was actually responsible for the planting of the, s- yes. the seed of rage. Yes. Yeah. So he had a, although he can't speak, um, he had a very important role in this uh, trying to uh, capture Earth as the um, as a uh, new uh, new home for the Red Lanterns. Yeah. So that was, was cool. His name is Dexter, and right here you can see. The oh yeah. yeah, he's actually he in this part he looks very very adorable and <laughs> and I don't I don't care I don't know about you guys but it seems that um uh, Atrocitus really loves this cat yeah. I think so yeah, too. I think so I too think and so I was too. just like that was the greatest thing I saw <laughs> in this book like I I loved it but I really love that like it's just like dude takes care of his cat he's full of rage and he takes care of his, his cat, cat. Right. come on people how hard <laughs> you can do it you can do it I love my cat so much like. Please treat your cats well, or else they will become an angry rage monster. Right. I, I want a, a a red lantern kitty plush now. Oh <laughs> my god, that was so cute. So cool. Let's kickstart that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. I'm down for it. Um, and in this story, we also have like another like second story yes. building in the background. Um, we mm-hmm. find that one of the uh, guardians of the Green Lantern Corps. Um, you know, Rami, he was actually kicked out. Yes, kicked he's, a, out. he's the rogue guardian. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's the Ronin, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he was kicked out of the corpse, and he actually lived, what, 2,000 years yeah. um, in complete solitude? And the, he said all he had was uh, the ice to and talk to? The ice yes. to talk, talk to. to. I was just like, I was oh, like, oh that's, that's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, and they talk about why he was exiled, and I think, and, and this is going to be, it's um, a big part of where Rebirth is going. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a big storyline moving forward to the issues that come after this. Um, the reason he was exiled is because he forged a ring that did not uh, have to need to 
right. choose its wearer. Um, anybody could pick it up, mm-hmm. and it was um, it was like amazing power. Mm-hmm. So um, the ring couldn't self. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Like it couldn't. Um, it, it wasn't. It didn't pull the Harry Potter shit of the wand. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, yeah, exactly. The, the ring doesn't choose the bearer. Now it's the yes. The, any, whoever wants to wear. So the anybody ring. can yeah. pick it up, regardless of their intention. So right. the 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 Green Lanterns are all chosen because they the ring can uh, sense what's inside of them and uh, that they have the will that they can overcome fear. Um, but this uh, this Phantom Ring, which is um, what it's called, um, can anybody can pick. It it up and the power once uh, the wearer puts it on uh, is limitless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The most powerful ring I've created. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's one scary. ring to, to rule them, them all. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, why did you do that? Right. Like, it's the same thing. Like, because he could. Yeah, it's like, that. why do you? Why did? What were you thinking? It's a common thing with smart people. I why know. did you do it? Because I could. <laughs> it's like when I when I watch because I've also read the book, but I, I actually like the movie more. Um, Frankenstein. I'm like. Victor, oh. why the hell did you do that? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, because I wanted to. Like, <laughs> did you think of the ramifications? <laughs> did you think of what you were doing? But, you know, I guess that's a smart people thing because I certainly would always think of, like, oh, I can't do that because, you know, you know, this might happen or that might happen. <laughs> like, my monster might, you know kill my nephew no <laughs> am i gonna create something like that like what did he and anyway anyway that's one of the things i don't understand about any being well this guy isn't human he's a guardian right he can live mm-hmm. forever and you know um infinitely wise or whatever but <clears throat> you know i don't understand how a person does what they do when they know that it's going to have like horrible repercussions or it's something they really shouldn't be doing <laughs> and if it falls in the wrong hands forget about it yeah yeah you can tell also Rami's a little crazy. He calls the other guardians like they're like, oh, they're all boring and with, like, <laughs> yeah. with their rules and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, at the same time, I was just like, oh, look here, we gotta have young teen rebel Rami <laughs> guardian. <laughs> Jeez. You don't oh. tell me what to do, guardians. <laughs> so, so definitely that's gonna be a big part in the story going forward. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've seen uh, their. Uh, Jessica and Simon coming together as a team, um, being able to what they think um, was thwart um, uh, the Red Dawn. Yeah, the Red Dawn. But we see that the cat was actually successful in planting the seed of rage. So um, there's a lot more to this story moving forward. And uh, this Green Lanterns book, it was a twice uh, monthly book, or was it a one a monthly book? It's right now. It's once a month. Okay. I know the ones that I know are twice a month are Batman, Detective, Superman, one and Wonder Woman so far. I couldn't you're, remember. You're your core trinity. There basically. were some that were twice a month, some that were one. So um, this is on, the only uh, trade that's out so far, um, and if it is monthly, it'll be a while before the next one comes out. But there are single issues, and um, uh, I think there's a lot of the storyline to be resolved. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, pretty interesting. Yeah, and definitely, and it definitely seems to be, it was even mentioned in the book by Atrocitus, the whole, like, there was blackest night and brightest day, and now it seems to be there's going to be red dawn. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. going to be the next, the next event. The next event after. So is this where Edward um, actually gets to marry Bella? <laughs> no, <just kidding. laughs> oh, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I had to throw that in there because when you said it, I just 
clicked in my head. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, Red Dawn guys. Red um, Dawn. So okay. yeah, no, it's it's actually really interesting. I I really want to see what they do now that they are uh, are good partners mm-hmm. and they're listening to each other and having an open communication. I think it's gonna and now she's able to construct. We didn't even mention that, but she's able to construct now. Um, yeah. And she, um, her constructs are not like uh, cars. Yeah, or they're not big grand ones. No, uh, she, it's sort of like um, abstract constructs, yeah, which I'm really interested in seeing where they're going to go with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hers, hers seem to be more organic. In yeah, the exactly. Yeah. Because it was, it looked like a flower. Yeah, that she yeah. Made that grew. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you keep it more abstract or more organic that she's going to be able to do. It. And I'd really like to see where that. Goes. Yeah, absolutely. I really. I mean, that w- when she made it, I was like, yes, because um because she's a Latina, you know, um, superhero. I wanted to, her to be stronger and you know like, you know like how Latinas like they're like like especially like our moms they're like. Mm-hmm. You're gonna do this because I said so. Yeah, you know, like stuff like, like that. But you do it because <laughs> it needs to be done. Wouldn't right? it be amazing if she threw chunkless? <laughs> <laughs> her next, ch- her next construct, a chunkla. <laughs> Don't mess with the chunkla, guys. Um, once the chunkla comes off, you, you better run. You, know, you run. No, you don't run, or else that makes it worse. <laughs> oh my god. But you know, she, you know, she had a lot of issues, but she's working through them. So hopefully, we see more of her becoming stronger and um, more self-assertive and stuff like that. So I'm, I would really love to see that about this character. Definitely, want to see more mm-hmm. of a. You know, I think definitely Jessica has um, a lot, uh, uh, a lot to learn, and um, she has her character has a lot of different ways to grow, and I think that um, that's going to be really interesting to see. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, what do we give this book, guys? Um, I give it, I give it two conchas. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it's a superhero book that um I enjoyed it but it wasn't like oh my god I can't I can't there was a book that I read this uh, month that I uh I definitely was like oh my god I can't believe how wonderful this is mm-hmm. um and it was a superhero book and yeah. so having that uh, on my mind so recently um makes me uh I think uh be secure in me saying that it's a two a two concha book for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I definitely agree with that. Um I was really excited because I thought, Oh my god, a female Green Lantern yeah. and she's Latina so I was like really excited. Um but I have uh, read better mm-hmm. books yeah. um on superheroes. Um the fact that they're really human is part part of what I like about this book. Um but um like I said I really wanted her to be more uh strong. Yeah. Um, even if it's even even maybe kind of bullheaded, like not really thinking about what she's doing, just being strong, mm-hmm. that would have been cool. But um, you know, she does have her issues, and I appreciate that. You know, as a as a human being, you know, we all have issues. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, sometimes um, maybe if they pick up the story a bit more, maybe it could be better. But um, um, yeah, definitely two quotes for me mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Same here. Um. Uh Two conchas, mostly because, as we were saying before, I I have read superhero stuff that is um, that's a lot better. But most of the most of the thing is that this kind of reads as not for beginners. Kind oh of thing. right, mm-hmm. and it's just it um uh, it didn't blow me away mm-hmm. like the Wonder Woman one did because 
Mostly because I yes yeah the Wonder Woman ev- one absolutely blew me away. Mostly because one I hadn't been a fan of Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. and two because it I had never read a satisfying story about right. Wonder Woman. But George Perez managed to flip my really flip me on the Wonder Woman mm-hmm. thing, um, and it wasn't like innovative like. Maggie the Mechanic was. That was so something so entirely unique. Something that I'd always heard, but never read. But when I did finally read, it absolutely blew all my expectations away. Mm-hmm. Everything that I had thought about what it yeah. was, was not. And I ended up really, really loving it. Yeah. Especially with the interactions. Um, but it was a good read. Mm-hmm. It was it was, it was, it was interesting. And I, like I said, I really love the fact that it's about rookies, baby superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> baby superheroes. And um, um, and that she has so much anxiety and stuff to deal with because I've been there. The, yeah. Like I feel for her, um, but I have I I'm sorry, Sam Humphreys, but I have read better. <laughs> so uh, two conchas. Okay. And, um, what was your favorite part of the whole storybook that you can? Well, for me, my favorite part was when um, Blee's. Uh, is cured uh, momentarily by <clears throat> Simon, and she has she's able to recount her um, her past as the princess and how she was overtaken by the first the yellow ring and then um, the the rage uh, the red ring. And I think that um, to me it was actually really heartbreaking when, as we discussed, that she has this uh, like epiphany of. Wow, I've 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 done so many horrible things. She actually tries to redeem herself by sharing a piece of information with Simon. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I totally that's forgot about that. And um and then Jessica, not knowing what's going on, throws the printer at her and, mm-hmm. and just ruins everything. Um and it was heartbreaking to me, um like we were talking about to to see her acknowledge that she knew that there was this other life. Um, that she had and that she briefly went back to, and then it was ripped from her. And um, I, that was one of my favorite parts. I like that. I really do. That mm-hmm. was a really good part. Yeah. Uh, what, what my favorite page is um, actually when they're actually uh, surrounded by, like, these um, 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 uh, Green Lantern logos, and they're standing, like, in this kind of fighting position, and uh, Jessica's suit is kind of ripped on the side, mm-hmm. and then they're having the monologue, and she's he's like, um, she suffers from anxiety, and then she's like, well, he suffers from prejudice. <laughs> and so I was like, I kind of like chuckled, and but I think that was a really good imagery, and for them to kind of be bouncing off each other in a monologue, I yeah. thought it was good. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that was, was one of my that favorite was parts. One of my favorite part was actually when uh, uh, after Simon breaks her from her red rage. Um, oh, that's right. Inducing, and they kind of have a heart to heart yeah. a bit, and she's just like, I that can't, I can't great. do it. I can't. She's like, I can't do it. I'm gonna give this up. And he right, was like, she oh. wanted to give it back. Yeah, and then and then he was just like, Oh man, I was kind of a jerk, wasn't I? Mm-hmm. And then and then like they really start kind of they really they really kind of really start to communicate right there and try to bring each other up instead of kind of bring yeah. each other down. Mm-hmm. And I was exactly. just like. Yes, I love this. Yeah, <laughs> and it was cool because that's actually um, one of the things, like, um, you know, one of the things we, we hear a lot around the Internet, like, empower yourself, empower women, stop, like, you judging or whatever. Yeah. And when mm-hmm. they actually stop judging and they start opening themselves up, and he's like, I'm also afraid, but you're so confident. He's like, right. that's just 
that's just what I do so to, to like, get over it. Until I make it. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, I really like that part, too. Mm-hmm. I was actually looking for that one, but then I remembered I liked this one where they're having a little <laughs> monologue. But, yeah, I was, it, yeah, definitely two cochas. Um, pick it up. It, like it's, like we said, it's not for a starting, um, not a starter book, because there's a lot of backstories that they mention in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, but because we have the Internet, all powerful, mighty, internet, <laughs> you're, you're able to go back yeah. and find out what these little things they're talking about mean and what mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. yeah. So in that sense, um, yeah, it'll make you a nice researcher. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, really, uh, it really, really did touches like it's a good kind of lesson like dip your feet kind yeah. of in mm-hmm. book because it touches a bit on all the other green lanterns but its main focus is the green lanterns and the red lanterns mm-hmm. the only thing is just it kind of does that whole comic book thing that a lot of comic books do that you that says like oh we're pretty sure you already know right this. yeah mm-hmm. and yes, yes, and yes. that's why so the, that's why they and they skip over a lot of bunch of stuff so beginner readers would be like Huh? Yeah. What, what is it? Like, like who is Sinestro? Who is, who is Sinestro? I don't know who that is. Mm-hmm. Like, and honestly, like anybody, like even just watching the animated series, you don't know who the fuck Sinestro is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's um, um it's it's a good book. I, it's a good I did book. like it, but yeah, yeah. And yeah. you're getting seven solid issues. Oh yeah, the price amazing. is sixteen ninety nine. Yeah, not bad. Not mm-hmm. bad at yeah. all. All right, guys. Well, moving on to On My Radar. What is on your radar, Jen? Well, On My Radar, this book has actually been out for a while, but um, uh, the third issue just came out recently. It is a DC book, but it's one that they release, like, once every two months or something. Yeah. (laughs) And I absolutely adore it so much. Like, when I first saw it come out, I was just like, oh, my God. No way. Throwback. She did. I was uh, there. She was there. She was there to see it. It's called Dead Man, Dark Mansion of Forbidden Love. Oh, right, that right there. If that doesn't hurt you, you're dead inside. Wait, de- Dead Man? Dead Man, Dark Mansion of Forbidden Love. Wow. And this one is a really, it's a throwback to DC's, um, um, Love comics era, like mm-hmm. the Sinister House of Secret Love, yes. the girls' romance comics. I like love the covers of those. <laughs> uh, like, what is there's another one called, like, Heartbreak. Yes, Heartbreak. Uh, no, Heartthrob. Heart, like, it's either Heartbreakers or Heartthrob. Ah. Uh, one of those. And um, uh, also, there was a, there was a comic uh, called, like, Midnight Hour, Dark Mansion of Forbidden Love. And, <laughs> like, these, were, these came out, like, in the... In like in the seventies, uh, late fifties, sixties, around there, and I absolutely adore them. Like they're just oh my god, they're like telenovelas. They're just, yeah, they, <laughs> they they really are, and it's just the covers and what the girls are seeing on them is absolutely hilarious. But this one, yeah. it's a mix of like gothic romance mm-hmm. and like. And just, like, and, of course, like, you have superheroes, dead men and everything. So it's, like, you got your haunted house, you got your romance, you got your darkness, you got your superheroes. It's everything that has, like, (laughs) everything that I've ever wanted wrapped into one comic book. So only three issues are out, and they're pretty big themselves. Yeah, they are. They're pretty big. They're, like, they're, like booklets. Mm -hmm. They're, they're like, Mm -hmm. actual booklets. Like, they could, they look a little bit, like, um, um... Almost like anniversary, like yeah, issues, uh-huh. like annuals. There you go. Yeah, okay. And so it's pretty big, so I understand why it takes a long time. And the artwork itself is very detailed, but um, it's a series that I just absolutely love. And 
like I said, it caters to everything that I've ever wanted out of a comic book <laughs> or out of just literature in general. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like, fuck me up. <laughs> fuck me up. <laughs> I like that. So yeah. enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's a book that I always try to push on any on anybody who comes in. And I have managed. I have managed. I've read uh, the first two issues, and I really like it a lot. So mm-hmm. I definitely a uh, second Jen's recommendation. <laughs> nice. I got to look into that. Gotta get on that way. Oh, please. <laughs> uh, what is on your radar, Kristen? Uh, well, on my radar is a book that was um, new this week. It came out uh, yesterday. And it is Jim Henson's Power of the Dark Crystal. So hey. uh, those of you out there, listeners who are also 80s kids, um, probably remember the original Dark Crystal movie that came out. Um, it was uh, kind of, it was like a, a live action with uh, Muppets. And mm-hmm. um, it, it was kind of uh, a kid's movie that um, was had not been seen before like that. Very dark. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I remember being scared. Oh, ah, yeah. crapless. Uh, when I was, oh, my Jim mom Henson. took me to the movies to see that. <laughs> I was scared. And I remember the big, like, uh, characters with the beak noses and the oh, hunchbacks. Yeah. And, yes, uh, I just... Uh, <laughs> me I, those good old glory days <laughs> of, <laughs> of Pan's Labyrinth and when children's movies were utterly terrifying. So, um, <laughs> this comic book actually um, takes place with uh, canonly a hundred years later after uh, oh. the movie. Yes, so um, it's basically the story of what happened after the Heroes in the Dark Crystal movie vanquished darkness and restored balance to their world. Um, it's a 12-issue series, so it's a limited series. Um, it's published by Arkea, which is um, a Boom Studios imprint. Mm-hmm. And um, it's uh, basically based on an unproduced screenplay. Uh, yeah, so uh, those of you uh, Jim Henson, Dark Crystal fans, um, number one came out this week, uh, and uh, they're still available uh, at your comic book shops, and uh, probably still available to order if your comic book shops are out, but definitely if you're a fan of that movie, um, get on board with this comic. Not only that, there actually has been a lot of um, uh, publications of some of Jim Henson's works. There's Jim Henson's Storyteller yes. Giants mm-hmm. is being published. There's one that they did for witches, and there's one that they did uh, like basically like uh, I don't remember what it was. It was like campfire stories. Or something. Witches also scared the crap out of me, and I was oh. in college. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> witches. I watched witches when I was like six years old, and they terrified me, and I loved it. I so am great. not lying. I went with a college roommate, and we were in the theater, and halfway in the theater, I went outside, and I said, I'm because there were it was she and I and one other person in the entire theater and I said I'm sorry but can we please watch this movie with the lights on? <laughs> I wouldn't do it. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my god! Yeah, you guys are funny. Yeah, there was a <laughs> so there's actually and they did one for Labyrinth too and. Uh, just a little bit of info. I fucking love Labyrinth. Like it is my uh, one of my all-time favorite movies ever. I will rewatch. It's up there with uh, for me with Beauty and the Beast and uh, Star Wars. Like I just love this movie so much. It makes no sense when you go watch it back, but I still love it. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, like, what was it? 
was it? I wish for uh, the troll king to take you <laughs> or something like that. It's just like I wish the troll king really, well, the, the the goblin king, the, the goblin, king, goblin yeah. king would come and take you. Yeah, away. take and you away. Like, yeah. Oh, I remember yeah. that part yeah. talking about the baby, right? Yeah, yeah. you remind me of the babe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was Jennifer Connelly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's crazy. Um, what's on my radar? Um, on the ra- on my radar is um, I actually uh, saw the first two episodes of Legion. Oh yes, Ooh. and I caught up completely on Kristen's uh, last uh, on ra- on her radar. <laughs> and, uh, my Emerald gosh, City, right? Oh yes. my god, Emerald City is the bomb. I'm loving it so much. I'm like. You know, when I when I binged it all this weekend, I was like, oh, I'm done with the first season. And I'm like, wait a minute. No, it's still happening. <laughs> yes. No, it's really good. I really love it. it I, I'm really loving the, the uh, most of all, the uh, wardrobe and the backdrop oh, yeah. are amazing. Mm. Really good stuff. I mean, down to the crystal earrings, the white uh, Glenda wears. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, whoa. And those hats that look like spoons. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, I'm loving that. Totally cool. And, uh, like, the little backstory we're getting up behind Dorothy and her mother. Yes. Like, whoa. Yes. You know, when I first saw her mother, I thought she was kind of like a like a crack addict or something. Yeah. But it turns out, no, she's no. a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. Was I wrong? Um, and Legion, I'm really loving it. I haven't really uh, looked into... Um, his backstory, all I know is that he's Charles Xavier's son, yes. um, that he never knew existed because uh, the woman that he had an, uh, a moment with. Um, <laughs> a moment. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <laughs> moment. <laughs> I was going to say affair, but I don't think he was in a relationship when they had it or whatever. Uh, but um, they had the moment, and um, as my nephew says, the sex. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she never told Xavier that she was uh, pregnant, uh-huh. so that's why he didn't know. But he seems to be one of the most powerful mutants. Yeah, I do refer to him as a mutant in the show. And um, it takes place like in like... Because the they can, because they're Fox. <laughs> 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 ding, ding. <laughs> but, um, you know, I really love the... Uh, it's a kind of the 1960s kind of backdrop, so I'm like a, a timeline, so I'm I'm really loving it. It's so abstract, but very detail oriented. Yeah. I'm loving it. I love that where you don't know what's um, what because he's able to even time travel as well is one mm-hmm. of his abilities. Um, he has many abilities: telekinesis, a mind reading, um, you know, like traveling in time, pyrone- pyrokinesis. So there's a lot of stuff, a, a myriad of things. But one of the things that's really surprising to me is the way he can absorb being someone else. Um, uh-huh. So that's pretty interesting. I still am not clear how that works. Yeah. But um, I'm really loving the how they're playing around a lot with the imagery as mm-hmm. far as like um, him going back into his going into his memories, being in the present, and then seeing yeah. some of the future, and being able to interact with the people in his memories. Um, Oh, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a mind fuck that I'm really loving right now. Um, I watched the first episode uh, once, and then um, my husband heard it on the on the TV and said, "Oh, I'm interested in that." So I went back and watched it again with him, and I'm actually glad I did because the first time you watch it without knowing what you're getting yourself into, oh, yeah. I just sat there in front of the TV going, what the heck is going on? I had no idea. It's like, dude, did I drop acid? So, <laughs> yeah. So when I watched it the second time, there was actually a lot more, um, like, I, I was able to understand a little bit. Well, not really, quote, unquote, understand, but um, I um, I 
got through it a little bit better and kind of saw what was going on and there were some things that I missed. But um, I actually, before I had rewatched it, went and did some research on the character. And mm-hmm. so that helped me actually to better know what was going on on the TV show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm really loving his facial expressions, like the surprise, the, you know, the the dread, the uh, confusion. He looked familiar to me, and um, somebody told me he's from Downton Abbey, but I never watched that show. Is that? Oh, oh my God. Okay, oh my I was going to say, who is the actor? But I, think, I think Sarah knows who it is. <laughs> I think it's Matthew. Uh, oh, my God, he's come back from the dead. <laughs> he was reborn. He was reborn, yes. Oh, my God. I'm, oh my God just, you guys just... You guys keep blowing my mind. <laughs> I can't anymore. What were you going to say, Oh, I was going to say, if you, um, um, if you really want to find out more about uh, Legion and like, his backstory um, uh, via comics, X-Men Legacy mm, yeah. is the series that is dedicated to him. But also, he's made, he made a strong contribution to in Age of Apocalypse. and some of the other ones as well these are the ones that I can remember off the top of my head but there's currently there's four volumes of X-Men Legacy or one omnibus hardcover that I don't remember if it's out of print or not um, um, and of course, Age of Apocalypse Alpha is still in print. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it. the Omnibus. I actually just ordered two copies of it because um, Kevin, mm-hmm. our um, one of our employees, um, one of our coworkers, recommended it. Yeah, and and uh, he keeps selling that. Yeah, and he and he uh, he really likes Legion too. Yeah, so uh, and I'm really interested in learning more. I'm a big X Men fan, but I'm so I, every day I'm shocked at how much I don't know about that particular franchise it's just so huge oh it's with so many different characters Mm -hmm. and um i i am really interested um because this one just seems so complex hit me up when legion punches cyclops in the face (laughs) (laughs) hit me up when that happens i will binge watch it all like oh god i just really want that to happen (laughs) it would be so cathartic for me (laughs) So, I just did some little research on the internet, the all-powerful internet, um, and yes, this is Matthew Crawley. Oh, okay. oh my God. I loved Matthew Crawley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. When they killed him off, I cried for almost two days. Because oh. <laughs> he was such a, an amazing character in, in, in Downton Abbey, but um, I didn't know he had that kind of talent. I mean, his facial yeah. expressions with what's going on around him, cause, because he has, you know, like, it's sort of like Xavier when he goes yes. in Cerebro, uh-huh. where um, he can hear everyone. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. and it's so much for him that he, you know, it's and so, see, when I first watched it, all this was happening. I'm like, what's going on? Because I didn't know anything about the character. So when I watched it the cer- second time with this knowledge, it made so much more sense. And that's another thing that I liked about the show is because, um, because the people around him didn't know what was going on with him, they actually ended up diagnosing him with schizophrenia mm-hmm. and bipolar disorder and all this stuff. And yeah. were giving him medications for this um, where they, were, he, they thought he was seeing hearing voices and, you know, talking to people that weren't there because um, it was his um, mutant abilities. It wasn't because he's schizophrenic or because he has bipolar disorder or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or uh, So that was super interesting. Starting so, off the but series. does he, as a character, have multiple personalities? I think so. I think okay. he does because okay. that was one of the ways he had to cope with 
being just like super powerful mm-hmm. and himself mm-hmm. not yeah. really understanding because uh, he doesn't really have anybody to guide him because mm-hmm. his mother kept him from his father mm-hmm. yeah exactly and in the comics <clears throat> uh spoiler alert xavier's <laughs> kind of dead so oh, yeah god just missed that one huh? <laughs> <laughs> but now it makes sense mm-hmm. x-men legacy i mean yeah. and if you are uh professor xavier's uh son i mean that's that's a big deal that's a yeah. big deal yeah that's but do big shoes to fill yeah yeah but i think um he has the ability to do so i mean all these powers that he has like it's a, a string of powers mostly mutants have just one ability yeah or maybe two but mm-hmm. he has like six mm-hmm. and it's just so hard for him to even tap into them or how to control them because he's just so one of the things that i don't think that fox has done and i don't know if it's on purpose or not but if i did not work in a comic shop or i did not have uh experience uh with uh mutant x-men characters i would have no idea that this was a comic related TV show. And that's mm. another thing that I'm really liking about this because it actually doesn't spoon feed the audience. Uh huh. And mm-hmm. it, because they're really banking on the fact that we have the internet. So, like, if you have a question, <laughs> you just immediately, like, just start searching. Google yeah. it. So, I'm, I'm really interested to kind of know what the outcome of that is because all the Netflix shows are, you know, Marvel and, you know, and. Uh, superhero and you know really banking on the fact that these are well-known characters Mm -hmm. legion is uh not oh oh i would say an a-list character Mm -hmm. don't tell kevin i said that (laughs) (laughs) but um so if you were not an x-men fan or a comic book reader or a marvel universe uh fan you don't know that this is uh this is a an a mutant an x-men uh, character mm-hmm. a TV show yeah yeah mm-hmm. so I'm wondering um, how many people were watching this and even that it was even on their radar on their radar <laughs> that mm-hmm. this is um, this is something that they're familiar with and they just don't really realize it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. interesting could be like a Blade thing kind of I didn't know Blade was Marvel, Marvel. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. until like literally like five years ago and I was just like what <laughs> really <laughs> I didn't know that and now I do I, I love Blade. <laughs> I love Blade too. I love the techno music. <laughs> okay, this is a divergent, but um, there, oh, I got a phone call once at the shop uh, from this guy who I swear sounded like Wesley Snipes, <laughs> and I'm not lying. He asked for Blade comics. <laughs> no way! Yes. And before he even asked for Blade comics, I thought to myself. This freaking sounds like Wesley Snipes. <laughs> and I hung up the phone. I told everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Did you answer him? Did you tell him we had Blade comics? Uh, I can't remember. He was, and he was looking for um, for expensive stuff. Oh. It wasn't good, so, yeah. Mm. First appearance of Blade. We uh, didn't have it. Yeah, so. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's well, cool. we all had some good on our radars this, uh, yeah. this mm-hmm. week. Yeah, I'm really happy I saw that I was able to see the show because I just, I really highly recommend it. And definitely it's something you have to watch, paying attention to what you're watching because there's yes. so much stuff happening. I had to watch it twice. Yeah. <laughs> and then it'll switch to a memory and stuff. So you have to really be vigilant yeah. on what's going on. My brother, he was like, I'm not getting it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's because you're not watching just the TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's, you know, doing other stuff. But yeah, highly recommend it, guys. 
Um, any shout outs or anything? Well, as always, follow us on Instagram at Comadres E Comics. And you can follow us on Twitter at Comic Comadres. Tweet us any questions or any reviews that you guys have or any suggestions. Yes, and if you ever read any of the books that we recommend or that we've um, talked about on the show, I'd really love to hear what you think about them. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And don't be shy. Please do review us on iTunes because that's the way it, we end up popping up on the feed. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So if we got reviews, then we we were able to reach a bigger audience. We should do a kill. <laughs> Let's have a giveaway the next episode. Um, <laughs> I was actually just going to mention that. I was thinking we could do like a giveaway for our 10th episode. Like, oh, yeah. like a little basket or something. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. And then um, maybe I you happen to know someone who owns a comic shop. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you get the comic the comic shop in the will in case something happens? <laughs> That's kind of cool. <laughs> Um, anyway, um, and then what else? Uh, yeah, shout out to you guys for coming over and recording, and thank you for suggesting this book. I really enjoyed it. Uh, thank you very much for the beer. I super loved it. Yes. I'm going to go look for Will it. Will Wheaton, not Joss. <laughs> <laughs> Will Wheaton. Um, and um, shout out to all the other podcasts that record in the studio, that, uh, the Mustache Cash Stash, the uh, We Were Promised Crowns, the Bump in the Night, um, and Mint Condition Comic Connoisseurs, also another comic book um, um, podcast that's completely different from this one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, thanks to uh, the BBC Two Studios uh, for letting us record in their um, in their interesting studio. <laughs> but, um, thanks to the listeners, and please, um, please do. Uh, hit uh, hit us up hit us up as the young kids say <laughs> if you have any questions comments or dirty limericks um, <laughs> thanks for listening guys have a good night uh, we have been your host I am Sarah I'm Kristen and I'm Jennifer thanks guys <laughs> bye bye, bye. I've yet to find my place I'm guarding 2814 I don't know why it's chosen me From the corner of my eye I catch a glimpse of evil light Fear tries to swallow me